to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm going to jump right in here. I've got just a couple of stories I want to cover uh, right, right here at the top. I've got a couple of audio that I want to play. And then the latter portion of the episode is going to be a discussion that I have with the New Mexico educator, elementary school teacher who's been on in the past. They're coming back here for an update to provide their insight as to what's been going on within their school district and their local area. And again, that'll be the second portion of this particular episode. This first study, or first story rather, that I just wanted to jump into again, this is one of those things, again, that I've commented on in the past. Um, and, and it's one of those things that, again, unfortunately, countless school districts at the local level are going to be fighting against. But the um, the pen, it, this is, comes from justthenews.com. Pennsylvania court overturns state's mask mandate for schools. It's a fantastic thing, but now you've got the governor, again, going up against a judge. And Governor Wolf, who is a monster, has appealed the decision. Uh, which immediately blocked the court's ruling, keeping the mandate in place for now, it says. So this is a this is still a fight that's going on, you know, sort of in the upper tiers of the legal system for a variety of reasons. And we know it's all about control because without the masks, they can't then start forcing the jabs. They've got to force one thing and then they'll force the next thing and then so on and so on. So that's the latest out of Pennsylvania. That's what's going on there. The second thing here was tossed to me by a family member who lives in Missouri, and it's titled this, and this comes from their local fox2now.com affiliate. It's titled, Missouri Teacher Shortage, State Launches Online Recruitment and Training Platform. Uh, I'm just going to read through this briefly. It says, too many educators are leaving the profession in Missouri, and there are fewer teachers available to replace them. Over the last decade, Missouri's Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, DESE, reports enrollment in teacher prep programs across the state has declined more than 25%. As a result, teacher attrition rates over the last six years are over 11%. That's higher than the national average of 8% and the average in high, and the average in high-performing countries of 4%. In order to attract, train, and retain new teachers to fill the vacancies in classrooms, DESE has launched TeachMO.org, an online recruitment platform. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment much more on it, but what I know is this. And again, it says that uh, the state is investing fifty million dollars into that platform. It's beyond evident as to why teachers are running away from the profession. And again, this is not being covered by national media as to why it's the case. It's an abusive environment. It's an indoctrin. It's an indoctrination center. the The workplace environment, by and large, is remarkably unhealthy. You have people pushing the masks, which is a con- uh, just a constant abuse that's been going on now for well over a year. You have the jab rollout, which countless individuals are jabbed, and they don't want to be bullied into being jabbed, let alone be bullied into wearing masks. It's it's an ever. It's just this never ending cycle of insanity. That is occurring. There is nothing attractive about it. Absolutely nothing, in particular for the sound minded human being who, you know, is, 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 uh, can see the landscape for, for exactly what's going on here and can see everything for, for what's really happening. Again, the, the educator at the latter half of this episode who, who has been on in the past from New Mexico, they don't wear a mask, they're not jabbed. They don't get tested, and they're walking around everybody else who is wearing a mask, getting tested, and is jabbed. I mean, think about that for a minute. It's absolutely incredible. Countless other teachers aren't walking around that teacher saying, well, they're not wearing a mask, so I'll just take mine off, or they're not getting tested, so I won't either. That right there is the social divide that just continues to exist. So creating these pop-up programs to bypass the old way of certifying teachers or to bypass the old way of educating them. This has always been their plan because now they can indoctrinate them in a shorter amount of time, those that are willing to be indoctrinated, and then toss them into a K-12 environment where, again, they're just going to be pushed around from 9 to 5 on a constant basis. And apparently, some people are okay with that. Uh, it, It blows me away 
but I, I just see a $50 million teacher recruitment program or teaching training program as being something that's going to fall through the cracks. There's no way that it ends up maintaining itself or even reaching any kind of an enrollment number that's going to allow them to sustain that program. There's there's just no way. Um, here's the next thing before I get into some, some more jab stuff. Uh, I've asked in the past and commented on the past how there are countless stories that don't have a follow through. You know, we'll we'll hear about a uh, a particular individual, and then there's no there's no follow up or follow through on it. Well, I have a couple of here where there actually was a follow through, which is a good thing. the The first thing again comes from this uh, th- this female student who I commented on in the in the last episode who has been suspended thirty some odd times for not wearing a mask uh, in her school district. Well, again, she just popped up at her local school board. And, uh, and, and I mean, it's just fantastic. I'm just going to play the audio cause it's absolutely hilarious. And again, I applaud this student and, and I, I'm fine with, you know, the, the, the parents giving her a voice and allowing her to speak up for herself. It's a fantastic thing. Uh, again, eventually just homeschool the child, just let the child stay home, let the child read on their own, let the child figure things out on their own. And again, with, with some guidance and some direction from the parents, I'm sure that this child will, will succeed beyond their wildest dreams without ever having to step foot into a K-12 environment ever again. But here's their most recent comments at their local school board meeting. My name is Fiona Lachaz, and I am in second grade at Discovery Key Elementary. I am back to talk to you again today. And for anyone who thinks I didn't write my speech, last time is wrong. I wanted to be here then, just like I do now. Sorry if I'm am supposed to be scared when I see people yelling at these meetings. So I am back today, and tomorrow is my birthday. I am going to get suspended if I don't wear a mask for three more days. Just because I get suspended for not wearing a mask isn't going to change my mind. You can keep suspending me. I still have the right not to wear a mask. It is not fair that I'm getting punished because you guys, the school board, are not following the law. That is not fair. It just isn't right. I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in, and nothing's going to change my mind. I've been getting suspended a lot because I'm wearing a mask. Do you know how dirty masks are? Because you touch the mask. You put it on your face. You breathe all those germs in because you have lots of bacterias on your hand. Oh, and okay, yeah, I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me. And my family is proud of me. And my Uncle Murphy that is in heaven is really proud of me. And I want to say... Burke sucks, but instead of your real suck. Your rules suck. I love it. It's fantastic. That's arguably the best. <laughs> I just, I love it. That's the best child speech of all the children. Again, and there have been lots, and they're all good. They really are. But that—that's the best one. I hope you all go to jail, and your rules suck. It's perfect. It's just perfect. And yes, they are breaking the law. And they should be held accountable. That's the whole point. Now, this next follow-up again was from a the uh, female student in Wyoming who was arrested again for wanting to enter her school and not wearing a mask. And again, I had commented on the pa- in the past about how she was a straight-A student why on earth is she going to the school? She can clearly educate herself. She's very articulate, highly intelligent. That, that's beyond evident. I'm not going to play the audio here um, of this of this particular student, but her and her dad were on Fox News uh, early in the morning on their morning show, and she was basically saying that again, her and her father are going to sue the school district, and rightfully so, and they should. You 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 cannot deny. You can't deny 
a child's right to educate themselves in a taxpayer-funded institution because they won't follow something that's really voluntary by law. Again, mandates are not law. So it requires mandates require the participation of the individual to participate if they choose to do so. So the point, or I would say at the very least, the, the simple follow-up to her story is that they are suing. Again, I think that's a great thing. Um, I would, I would certainly hope that the, you know, that the parents with the student who has been, you know, suspended thirty plus times, who just spoke in that audio clip I just played, that they're doing the exact same thing. But again, you know, time will tell, and it does depend on the judge and how well the legal papers are written out and uh, the affidavits of fact and a number of other things. But again, I, w- I wish them the best of luck. I-, I also wish that they would stop seeking to re-enter the same abusive environment that abused them in the first place. Um, and hopefully that's not the case with, with the Wyoming student who is who is much older and clearly of high school age. Um, it's just time, it's time for them to home- homeschool and just move on. Again, you know, every now and again, you've, you, you've just got to pack up your stuff and hit the road and just put the past behind you instead of trying to consistently break down an already broken system, essentially. So I'm not discouraging them from suing. They can do whatever they want, and I do encourage them to do that, but eventually they've just got to walk away. So there's that. Um, okay, here's the next thing. I wanted to read this. This is, again, some jab stuff now. This comes from... Mike Eden, again, the ex-Pfizer head scientist, he apparently sent this out uh, on Thursday, and it reads like this, and this is coming from Telegram. It says, we are approaching stage five. It says phase five, or stage five, I guess, whatever. It says, establish chaos in martial law, November 2021 through March 2022. And most people still think that we are going back to normal, question mark. The pathway to new world order. Phase one, stimulate a threat and create fear. This was from December 2019 through March of 2020. Mount a pandemic in China, kill tens of thousands of elderly people, increase the number of cases and deaths, position vaccination as the only solution from the beginning, focus all attention on COVID-19, Result, almost general panic. Phase two, um, sow the terrors of division, if I'm saying that right, from March 2020 to December of 2020. Impose multiple unnecessary, liber something, and unconstitutional coercive measures. Paralyze trade and the economy. Observe the submission of the majority and the resistance of a rebellious minority. Stigmatize the rebels and create a horizontal division. Censoring dissident leaders. Punish disobedience. Generalize PCR tests. Create confusion between cases infected, sick, hospitalized, and dead. Disqualify all effective treatments. Hope for a rescue vaccine. Result almost general panic. Phase three. Bring a treacherous and deadly solution. December 2020 to June of 2021. Offer a free vaccine for everyone. Promise protection and return to normality. Establish a herd immunization target. Stimulate a partial recovery of the economy. Hide statistics of side effects and deaths from injections passing off the side effects of the injections as natural effects of the virus and the disease, recover the notion of a variant as a natural mutation of the virus, justify the maintenance of coercive measures by not applying the herd immunity threshold, punish healthy professionals for the illegal exercise of care and healing, result doubts and feelings of betrayal among the vax, discouragement among opponents. Phase 4. Install apartheid against the QR code from June 2021 to October of 2021. Voluntarily plan for shortages. Impose the vaccination pass QR code to reward the vaccinated. Punish the resistant. Create an apartheid of the privileged against the others. 
take away the right to work or study from non-vax, withdraw basic services to the non-vax, impose PCR payment tests on non-vax. Result, first stage of digital control, impoverishment of opponents. Phase 5, and this just continues right into next year. Phase 5, establish chaos and martial law from November of 2021 to March of 2022. Exploit the shortages of goods and food, cause the paralysis of the real economy, and the closure of factories and shops. Let unemployment explode. Apply a third dose to the vax, boosters. Take up the murder of the living old men. Impose compulsory vaccination for all. Amplify the myth of variants and efficacy of the vaccine and the immunity of the herd. Demonize the anti-vax and hold them responsible for the dead. Arrest opposition leaders. Impose digital identity on everyone. QR code, birth certificate, identity document, passport, driving license, health insurance card, etc. Establish martial law to defeat the opposition. Result, second stage of digital control, imprisonment or removal of opponents. Phase 6. Cancel the debts and dematerialize, dematerialize the money. March of 2022 to September of 2022. Trigger the, trigger the economic, financial, and stock market collapse. The bankruptcy of the banks. To rescue the losses of the banks in the accounts of their clients. Activate the Great Reset. Dematerialize money. Cancel debts and loans. Impose the digital portfolio or digital wallet. Seize properties and land. Ban all global medicines. Confirm the obligation to vaccinate semi-annual or annually. Impose food rationing and a debt based on Codex Alimentaries, alimentary, I don't know how to say that. Uh, extend the measures of emerging countries. Result, third stage of digital control, extension of the NOM to the whole planet. Novus Ordo Mass. Translated, it means new order. So that's fun. Unquote. That, uh, yeah, that, that seems... That seems enjoyable. Not really. But look, we know that that's their plan. We know that, that that's exactly what's happening. The hospitals are already filled with people. They're already filled. My dad attended an emergency room just the other day. He has some broken ribs. Um, the fact is, is that he was asked to wait over two hours and ended up leaving and going to a doctor to receive a prescription instead of the emergency room. Two hours, the place was packed to the gills. So with all of that said, here's a piece of audio. This comes again from a CDC whistleblower, a pharma whistleblower insider, and give a listen to what she says about the jabs. Uh, Susan Pierce here on the Eaton's Living TV, and I'm driving back in. You can see my CDC badge up there. But guys, y'all have got to not take this vaccine. I've had so many people call me and they're like oh my gosh we almost died i had two people call me that got the flu shot and the covid and both of them almost died you're getting 50 milligrams of mercury 25 in the flu probably 25 at least to 30 in the uh, covid you're putting a darpa operating system into your body that is the luciferase that is the false light of lucifer hooking you to the d-wave computer Guys, if y'all taking these vaccines and you're sick, you need to go get a D-dimer test from your doctor because you're probably micro-clotting. You've got six months to three years, they say, if you put this operating system in your body. Your body can't take it. We pray for y'all. Don't take the jab. And how do I know? I'm ex-pharma whistleblower. So there you have it. I don't know what else to add. We've been screaming this for months. We've been screaming this for over a year now. Um, I don't. I don't know what else to say. People just have to do whatever they can now to again wake up as many people as they can. I don't think that that we should stop doing that. I think with every positive move, someone will listen. With every 
positive leap forward here, someone will hear us. Again, whether it's a 5 to 11-year-old, someone younger than them, someone older than them, whatever it is. If you have jab buses in your area, I recommend going there. Pop in with a couple of pieces of paper and simply say, hey, look, here's informed consent. You're not providing this to people. And then call the police on the bus for not, for not providing informed consent. But I understand a lot of people just, they just don't see what's coming and they're going to find out the hard way. Again, hospitals are already packed. It's getting colder and colder. The leaves are continuing to fall here. Um, I've mentioned the 5G stuff in the past. The same family member from Missouri just told me that Sprint, the cell phone company, is moving to 5G and all of their devices to 5G, so everybody has to get a quote-unquote 5G phone. What we know, of course, is that the 5G isn't in the device itself. It's in the, it's in the cell towers that's pushing the 5G signal around people. So again, unfortunately, the individuals that have put the graphene oxide in their body as a result of these shots, their bodies are going to be manipulated by 5G. That's part, of the, that's part of the program here. That's part of what's going on. And that's going to make them ill. It's going to make them very ill. So, yeah. A lot to take in, clearly. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, all, it's not all sunshine. There are inroads being made, which is a good thing. But awareness is going to continuously be, I think, the best inroad that, that we can make. So with regard to, again, more awareness... Here is my discussion with the New Mexico elementary school teacher. She provides an excellent follow-up as to what's been going on in her district. They've made some great inroads. Um, and she's a, she's a walking example of, of what you do in the face of tyranny. Again, unmasked, unjabbed, doesn't get tested, goes to work every day, even with the threat of being reported on, doesn't care. Big middle finger to the system. And God love her for it. So... Give our discussion a listen, and I'll catch you on Monday. Yeah, so we had our school board election last week. We unseated two school board members. We, we had three incumbents that were being opposed, um, but we only unseated two of them. But I, I'm still hoping we get the majority that way because I feel like the guy that was running um, was very – pliable I guess is the word where he wanted to oppose and he wanted to say no but he just he didn't want to end up being the only one so he ended up he ended up beating out his opponent so now we have two conservative voices that I know for sure on the school board of our small school board is five members and so they take over in January which was my next, which was one of my questions was, when do they take over? Do they take over right away? Well, we, the superintendent emails us and tells us that they take over in January. Um, and then at lunch yesterday, I hear that after this school year is over, the superintendent is going to be retiring. And he's only been superintendent. I think this is his third year, and he's pretty young. I mean, you know, young enough to retire as an educator. COVID, so 2020 was his first, like, full year, I think, of being in, char in charge. That's a tough year to come in as a superintendent. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel for the guy, but then I, I don't, I guess. Yeah, no Because my, my, uh, my first thought was, well, that's pretty sudden that he's retiring and he announces it. After the election, I don't think that's coincidental. I really don't. Yeah, well, I mean, what was his voice during school board meetings, or you know, what was the what was his perceived voice or opinion or stance on all of this, on the mask wearing, you know, on on the jab taking, all of it? Okay, so I did not attend um, this week's school board meeting, but I went to the one a couple weeks ago. And it was very, he is not allowing medical exemptions for mask wearing. Um, the, the woman that's kind of in charge of our concerned citizens, you know, group of the city, she has mask exemptions from her, she has two daughters, so both of her daughters have a mask exemption 
from their doctor. He will not, um, not allow, but recognize, he doesn't recognize those. I got you. So if you have, like, say, anxiety, or um, let's say you have a severe medical issue, he doesn't, you still have to wear it. Um, So she fought it, and she's been fighting with him pretty much this whole time on that, and I'm sorry. She, I'm sorry to interrupt. He's not even recognizing medical waivers. No, no, he's not. And so she addresses. She addressed him directly, and she, you know, she addressed the school board directly, and she said, "You will not even allow for mask exemptions. What is going to? Are you? This is the question she asked him, and the school board actually." Will you be making a policy as a school board for vaccine exemptions when, not if, the mandatory COVID vaccine mandate comes out for students? Will you be making a policy for exemptions? And one of the school board members who's also an attorney, I don't know what type of law he practices or studies, I don't care. But his response was, it is not timely to make a policy for something that doesn't exist. Basically, it's a waste of time. Why would we do that? It doesn't exist. And I think that really pissed a lot of people off when he said that. And um, people report our little town to the state if we are at a sporting event or if we are at doing some sort of event and we don't students or parents or whoever's there aren't wearing masks that has been reported to the state and so someone had mentioned said something i don't exactly remember what they asked but they asked about what are oh what are the repercussions for when someone reports us for not wearing a mask at you know like a football game or a whatever um, and the superintendent said, I, there has not been a repercussion. I have, we have not heard anything. Um, you know, people do report. In fact, they talked about that again at lunch today. Um, so I wanted to say, okay, well, why are we wearing them? Why are we making our students wear them? Why do we have to wear them if nothing happens, if we don't wear them? And there was another question that was brought up. I don't remember. The question, but his response, his exact words, and he was very, he was kind of getting angry now because these parents had, you know, asked him these questions. And so I could tell in his voice, just the way, the tone of his voice, he said, I am following a public health order. Just like that, but he raised his voice a little bit. He was very, I could tell he was getting kind of angry. Um, so that's, that's his stance. And that has always been his stance as far as I'm concerned. And I had even spoke at a, at a school board meeting and I said, well, you talk about liability, you know, liability. If, if somebody gets sick, if somebody, what, what's going to happen if, a, you know, you know, and I've told you this before, if a student is playing foot baseball or football and they drop dead on the field, because they're they're not getting oxygen. You talk about liability. What's going to happen then? Um, they don't care about if they care. They don't care about my health. They don't care about students' health, and it's not about health. Yeah. See if the if the mask is not included in every waiver that a parent and a and a student slash student athlete signs, or even a t- within a teacher contract. If it's not, if the mask wearing isn't in there anywhere, then anybody and everybody within that building can be sued if a medical issue arises as a result of wearing the masks. I've known a number of teachers who have received, um, been diagnosed with bacterial pneumonia as a result of wearing the mask, and they get a medical waiver from their doctor, and their doctor, again, signs a piece of paper that says they're ill, they can no longer wear a mask. And then again, the building has to abide by that medical record. 
what, but like you said, what's interesting too is, is if you have a handful of individuals who aren't wearing masks anymore, then why is anybody? Yeah. And I, and we did get a new nurse. I don't know um, if I had told you this, we've got a new nurse. She's full time now, which I'm thankful for because that's rare, but she's older and she is um, tattling on us if, you know, if we don't have masks on, if our students don't have masks on, she's tattling on us. That's nice. And what I mean is she will report close contacts because we've been trying to avoid close contacts by, well, if they're wearing a mask, they don't have to, you know, quarantine because that's a COVID safe practice. And, you know, I, I had a teacher stop me when she first came in, when the nurse first came in and, and she was like, Hey, you might want to in the hallway. She's like, Hey, you might want to look, watch out for the nurse. She, uh, she's reporting people who don't wear masks. And I'm like, well, I don't care. (laughs) Who cares? Like, can I report her for child abuse? I mean, no kidding. And you're still not wearing one. No, and I, I've interacted with, with the woman several times, and she has never, I've brought students down to her who aren't wearing one at the time, she has never said anything to me, so if she's tattling on me, I mean, whoop de doo In January, I'm just very anxious to see what happens with the, with the new school board in January. I really feel like the masks are going to be the first thing to go, if we do have the majority. So you don't know if you have the majority or not? I feel like we do with the with the third guy, the incumbent who ran, who um, who who won. Yeah, I I feel like we do, um, and I I think the masks are going to be the first thing to go. They have no idea what legal peril they're putting themselves in on a personal level. They're not even considering that. That all it takes again is any student, a student with a cough. A student with a rash, a student with staph infection, a student uh, with bacterial pneumonia, like I said earlier. That's all it takes. All it takes is that. And then, of course, the school's insurance can cover the medical costs. But ultimately, the insurance company at some point would have to say, hey, look, you all have to knock this off at your school because we're getting claims. That I mean, that yeah, that's really all that it would take. If, if there are any parents there who who can prove that their child has been hurt. Of course, we know that the masks are harmful because of the ingredients of the actual mask itself, not to mention it says on the box that they're irrelevant. But, um, that yeah, that's all it takes. But it, of course, would take a level-headed doctor as well. Yesterday, as we were walking in from recess, my principal had a brand new box of masks and was passing them out to students who weren't wearing them as we were going inside to start our day. Hey, you need a mask? Here's a mask. Here you go. And they were cloth. So they weren't even those stupid little, I just, it, it really pissed me off and kind of set the tone for my, for my day. I mean, I hate to say that, but you know, it shouldn't set the tone for my day, but it really did. It really pissed me off. I know what you're talking about. That's, excuse me. That's the way, that's the way teaching works. I mean, I, I remember having amazing days. And then on my way out of the building at the end of the day, a kid would lose their shit. And then I would have to intervene and it would wreck the whole day. Yeah. I mean, it's little stuff like that that really just yeah. does mess up even a good day. It, yeah. And it was, a you know, very first thing. I hadn't even walked in the building yet. So you've that got, was- so, so your, your, your school building is still masking, but you're hopeful that that's not going to happen in the future. What about the surrounding schools? What about the surrounding districts? Are they masking still? I, yeah, I think everybody's pretty much uh, still doing that. You mentioned the last time, too, that the percentage of teachers that had received the jabs w- was remarkably low in your building. Has that changed at all? You know, I did say it was pretty low, but I'm going to say it's about 50-50. I would say for one of every five of us. Do, do they? Uh, do, you, do you have any proof that they've been jabbed? Do they talk about the jabs? Do they encourage people to get them? My boss is not, and the only reason I know that is because he still has to wait in line at the stupid testing thing. Um, 
oh, but I, I haven't heard any chatter, but I, I guarantee our superintendent is fully jabbed, probably going to get a booster. You know, just in the email memos that he sends, um, like you in, know, he think- like in faculty meetings and stuff. I mean, does he say it to the whole group? The my principal or <clears throat> yeah, no, no. He, I think he understands. That's totally. You don't go there. Gotcha. He hasn't ever really mentioned that at all. Um, but the superintendent, you know, just in the the memos that we get, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, blah, blah, blah. He'll send out, when it was first rolling out, he would send out uh, memos from the hospital. Oh, you can go this day. Oh, you, you know, so just, I guarantee he's, he's double, if not triple already. Let me ask you about, um, teacher shortages and teacher absences. This is one of the things that I'm I'm kind of keeping track of in particular locally because again it you know it, it fluctuates as you might expect. <clears throat> Excuse me, but there's plenty of teachers getting booster jabs as well, which just shocks the ever-living hell out of me. Um any any notice on that because I know that you know it's pretty typical for school teachers to receive some kind of an email either on a daily basis or a weekly basis that shows how many teachers are are absent that particular day or that particular week. Have you noticed any massive changes in absences? You know, I haven't. Um, and around here, if you're absent, it's because your kid has gone on a sports thing. Interesting. Uh, yeah. There's massive teacher shortages around here. Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger cities, just because they have, you know, they have the union. We did have one who tested positive. She had to sit out for, a few, you know, it's 20 days now. Um, she's jabbed. Good God. I, 20 I, days? They make you, quote unquote, quarantine for 20 days? It's It was 10 and now it's 20. Jeez Louise. I, I don't know why. Okay, so here's what we were talking about at lunch today, too. Actually, I wasn't talking about it. I was just listening, as usual. There is a COVID full kit that's part of our um, employee handbook and this changes the you know the protocols change as the PED or the CDC or whoever just you know moves the goalposts so this little toolkit changes so someone had brought up today that there it's called test to stay so if you are considered a close contact, you don't have to quarantine if you test daily for like three days in a row or five days in a row, whatever the number is, and you're negative. It's in the new, it's the, it's one of the new things, I guess, because it changes, you know, weekly or whatever. So they're forcing the test then? Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to stay home for 20 days. Who, but who? What, what teacher in their right mind wouldn't want to stay home for 20 days and get paid? I really don't know. I mean, do they have to teach? No, they don't. <laughs> it's a paid vacation. Yeah. Um, you get a, Amazing. you make subpants. Um, usually it's on the fly. Uh, it's a late notice, so you don't really get a make plan. so you just get a, but it's, it's it's so ridiculous that they changed it now to where oh you don't have to quarantine if you take if you take a test you know three days in a row and it's negative. Now are we talking are are we talking five five work days or just or twenty days in a row including well, Saturday and Sunday? No, it's twenty days in a row, and actually that's for students. If you become a clo- if you're considered a close contact at school. It's it's twenty days in a row, twenty my, straight days. My God, it's three weeks. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. That's it's, incredible. It's so. Let me ask you this too about the, the, the. This is one of the things again that's popping up around here, and uh, I'm going to attend, um, but not to get the jabs. <laughs> There's there's there are jab buses that are making the rounds in the local area and people can make appointments or just show up and get jabbed. 
because of course they're after the five to eleven year olds now. Are there any jab buses in your area, and does your school sanction those jab buses? Oh, I I have not seen any. Thank God. Um, that doesn't mean they're not going to come through here. No memos about jab buses showing up. Nothing like that. No. no. That's good. No. That's good. And I haven't heard anybody yet. You know, I I haven't heard anything about New Mexico itself making it available for, for kids. I haven't heard that yet, even though it's, quote, available now. No advertisements or anything like no, that? No, I haven't seen any advertisements. I haven't heard anybody talking about it. Um, Sounds like you're a semi-awake town, even though you've described, again, the nepotism that runs so deep throughout that area. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty, we're very conservative. Um, I think a lot of us are awake. And if we're, if they're not, I, I think there is some people that are waking up. And you still have those people that are just, they're just, they're not going to. They're not. And I just was at the grocery store just a a little bit ago. And I had not seen this in a long time, but this older, you know, and it's the old, it's the elderly. It's the elderly. I'm just going to say Hispanic population. Sure. That's wear the masks in, in public. And, um, and the, the elderly woman was wearing a face shield. I have not seen that in a long time. Um, but it's the Hispanic population. My theory is because when it, you know, when it came out, Trump was a racist. And, you know, wear your mask because Trump's racist, basically. So, um, yeah, what an odd connection. Hell, I mean, it sounds like things are starting to turn around there a little bit. I hope so. Um, I really do. I, I'm just, I'm anxious for January. I'm hoping that some change is going to happen. I really don't know. Okay. So my question for you is once the superintendent steps down, how does the next person take his job? Sure. They would do one of two things. They would either hire an ass- the assistant superintendent one of the, or one of the assistant superintendents. I don't know how many you have. Um, they would either hire one of them to f- to replace them either part time or full time. So they would either say this is a temporary hire. We're hi- you know we're we're temporarily hiring an assistant to fill in for the full superintendent position while we, you know, while we make our search. Um, that's usually what would happen. Very rarely would the would the position remain vacant, uh, even in the interim, as they're looking for somebody. And then they would look for somebody. And then sometimes the assistant superintendent who is filling in would also put up for the position themselves, or they would hire somebody from the outside to to become the superintendent. And again, usually based on state law, depending on again the Department of Education. Um, that individual would have have to have been a administrator at some point and hold state certification as an administrator, okay. L- like specifically a school principal. Okay, so let's say that the school board decides to for a couple of years. Usually, they usually have to have have been an administrator for at least two years. But it depends. Okay. But it depends. It's it's hard to hire outside from an outside person here, right? Just I mean, just small town. So I what, don't know. I'm, I, what's the thought? Is is the thought that an assistant superintendent would take over? Has there been somebody that's shown an interest in the position? Because one of the one of the dis, I, I think it's disappointing <clears throat> because it tends to not work out in the favor of freedom and independence. But um. There are many superintendents who, because they are hired by the board, they, which again, is such a conflict of interest, it's embarrassing, but they will simply take the side of the board no matter what, because again, they don't want to seem as some kind of a dissenting voice 
in the district. So if the board is all for mask wearing, then the superintendent will be wearing two masks and encourage everybody to do the same. Right. But they'll, I, I, but they'll also speak up more than they should in school board meetings. I mean, normally in school board meetings, there's, there's a small allotted amount of time for the superintendent to open up their yapper. But beyond that, I mean, they should keep their mouths shut. But unfortunately, what's happening is they don't seem to understand that they don't that they work independently from the board to a certain extent and they're basically making themselves a part of the school board so i don't know if you've noticed that in in your school board meetings or not i actually have noticed the opposite i've noticed i whatever he says they do there you go because, that's that's what i'm saying right yeah he he takes his orders from the state takes their orders from the governor. Um, and I think they have never, the, they have never been challenged. The school board has always said, yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir, right away, sir. Wow. Um, and I, I don't think there has ever been the people that are currently on the school board are, have been handpicked to be there. Like I was talking to my colleague last week after the election and and she's been teaching 18 years here and i i said do you ever remember there being a school board election and she said no i don't ever remember there being a school board election in 18 years i, I mean those are elected positions and so i think it's always been whatever the superintendent says they do and they they're they're not now there's going to be a little bit of like voice of reason or they're going to be, there's going to be challenged and they're not just going to say, yes, sir. They're going to say, well, let's think about this. Let's think about our parents. Let's think about our, our kids. Is that really the best thing for them? I, it's never happened that I'm aware of in the past 20 years. It's never happened. So you're just saying that the same people have basically just been running unopposed for a very long time. No, um, yeah, I mean, unopposed, but, but there hasn't been a, like an election, like the people, citizens have not elected them. They've just been, you know, you've had school board members resign or, but we don't elect their replacements. I've, that was the first time I ever have done a school board election here. And I, you know, I've been here for eight eight years that's that's very odd yeah i i thought that was odd too i i uh, because that's one of the the most that's as local as you can get pretty much and right you know so like i said the corruption people don't i mean we've got probably twelve thousand people here people don't i don't think people understand it hits everywhere. It's everywhere. Let, let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you another question, and, and this has to do with again. It's it's one of the things that's occurring, although it might not be occurring where where you live and where you're teaching. But one of the things that's happening is a number of states and even very specific school districts are doing whatever they can because of the teacher shortages to find alternative means of hiring teachers by creating their own teacher preparation programs or indoctrination camps, as I would call them, and then doing whatever they can to hire as quickly as possible by, again, providing quote-unquote professional development or you know a temporary certificate for X amount of time is is your district doing is your district or any surrounding districts that you know where you live doing that um i don't think so but like i like i've said before new mexico we have such a shortage anyway like they if you have a four-year degree they'll hire any joe schmo what are your requirements what are your requirements for substitutes because one of the things that's happening here is is they're so pressed for substitutes that they've dropped uh, the the requirement of having a bachelor's degree. That all you need is a high school diploma. 
Oh, you know what? Yep. You don't even have to have a bachelor's degree to be a substitute. But we are so short on subs. We are having, and we just lost a, a sped aide. She moved to Texas. And I said, I told her, good for you. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but she was a, excuse me, she was an aide. And she was having to, her and the other aide, they were literally having to be substitutes. So now we're down to one aide. Who, and I think, as far as I know, they've hired somebody else, but I don't know why she hasn't started yet. So this other uh, aide, she has been all over the place. Today, she was the PE coach. Um, she's been me a couple times. Um, she, <laughs> I said, well, are you getting paid extra? She's like, no, I, I better be, you know. Um, what does a substitute get paid? When I taught, it was about a hundred bucks a day. When I was in college, it was eighty bucks a day. You know, almost a decade ago. I don't think it's changed. It's either eighty or a hundred. Yeah, locally they're so hard pressed for substitutes. Not only did they drop, and they dropped it a year ago, but not only did they drop the bachelor's degree requirement, but they're having regular teachers fill in for their absent, their absent, their own absent colleagues. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's happening. Uh, our aides have been all over the place, and our title teacher is a full, is a uh, long-term sub. There, there's a, a school district out in Seattle, public school district, and they, uh, they, claimed, they claimed that they were experiencing a massive teacher shortage because their, their teachers are quote-unquote tired. And they're all jabbed, and I I just thought it was very very funny that on I, I turned on Fox News for the first time in months, and I decided to watch it for approximately ten minutes this morning, and that was one of the stories that they hit on, and they said, oh yeah, it's just because they're all tired, you know, t teachers need a break sometimes, and huh. I thought no, they're all jabbed, and they're getting yeah. booster jabs, and they're sick. They uh, the University of New Mexico, their deadline for students has passed um you know to get the jab and they're going to start kicking kids out of school any idea what percentage is jabbed among the student oh. or staff population i don't know it's probably pretty high probably 70 70 to 80 percent i i mean at the universe that would be you know and i don't know anybody really attending college anymore um you know, one or two, but I, yeah, that just was a little blurb that I saw the other day. They're, they're going to start kicking, disenrolling students and the, the president, I think it was the president of the university or some, you know, higher up admin. How did, what did she say? We would really like to keep as many students in school as possible, but they're kicking, they're starting to kick kids out of school. So it's amazing here, here in town, uh, where Miami university is, they have 90% give or take of their student population is jabbed 80, 80 plus percent, 82 plus percent. I think of the faculty is jabbed and the hospital is packed to the gills. Yeah. Oh, the, the, emer we gotta <laughs> the emergency room is filled. Yes. So uh, back in 2020, when things were kind of really raging, we would get an uh, emergency alert on our phone. Safe, you know, stay safe, stay inside, wear your mask, you know, back when it was early. Well, I feel like we got those right before the governor shut us down. And we got another one last week. Due to our, vac our low vaccination rate in New Mexico or in this zip code, uh, we are in an emergency health situation. Bullshit. And that was, so my friend sent that to me. She lives up in San Juan County, which San Juan County, you know, the Four Corners area, that's one of the most conservative counties. And per capita, it's the highest gun ownership in the state. Um, so 
they have a low vaccination rate, but they also have the 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 Navajo reservation, which was very it, it, COVID ran rampant through the Navajo reservation because you have the multi generational families and they live out on the reservation, so they have no running water, they have no electricity. You know, they're just very third world living. So. I think a lot of the the Navajos are the same way in that, you know, wear your mask. They believe all the, you know, it's going to keep you safe. But the majority of people in San Juan County, you know, like my family, and they, they're not buying it. They're not buying the bull crap. And so the, the, the emergency health alert that my friend sent me the other day was for that zip code and the zip codes around. And they try to say that, you know, the, the news and the mainstream media try to say, well, now the country's at 70% fully vaccinated. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not true. What is the actual number is what I want to know. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I think it's, um, it's not 70%. It's certainly, right. I would say it's hovering around half. I think so. I think it's about half and half. Yeah. Do they jab on school property? Oh, no, no, no. Um, but they they were talking about doing a testing site at the high school. But I think they shot, that was shot down immediately by like parents and that's good. It certainly, thought, it certainly sounds like, again, it's a, a more conservative area. It sounds like you've got a few bad eggs, of course, that that work within the business, but it certainly seems like the parents' groups or the general community tries to do their best to keep everybody in check, and they seem to be rather successful. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's, a, there's some community members who are big donors, and in fact, there's a scholarship. That's how I'm going to grad school is through that scholarship of a, you know, a big oil guy. Nice. And uh, college, if you're in high school, you can get that scholarship and it's, pay, you know, it's paid for. Um, and so the community is very, they value education. And I think a lot of parents have woken up to what has really been happening, especially the secondary parents you know those parents whose whose own kids are having to deal with this crap every day i think those are really the ones who kind of because elementary they don't know what's going on they really don't i mean you send your homework home and you talk to them once a week or whatever and they don't even show up for parent-teacher conferences they don't really know what's going on but i think secondary parents really were aware of what's happened what's been happening and i i think they made their voice made a big difference in this school board election and i think they really in fact one of the the guys that's going to take over as as the president has two uh uh, daughters i think in um one's in junior high one's in high school so there's there's a lot of in a way it's a good thing because parents are starting to see you know especially with like the crt stuff what is really going on at school when a lot, when for a very long time they've been unaware. Is that going on in your district? A lot of the critical race, critical theory or uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense? So what they're doing is because it was, Pat, it was legislation. Um, my district is taking the social studies teachers and I don't know if they're including both junior high and high school but they have like a little cohort that has really been picking through those quote standards and identifying because they've been the administration to me they're not trying to push it on the dish like on us but they're not saying no we're not going to do that like they're just not taking a stand so they're i think they're they're leaving it up to the teacher 
yeah, so they're, they have a, a group of teachers who are really looking at it, and, and we've looked at it, and, you know, I looked at it a little bit, and it, it has stuff like, it talks about, it's one of those um, buzzwords, community, grouping, I mean, that, those words are in there hundreds of times, um, and it's, you know, it mentions, it's going to mention um, LGBTQ, that's going to be on there. Um, How about how about the behavioral stuff, the, the behavioral programs like uh, the PACS Good Behavior Game or social emotional learning stuff? I think I think social emotional learning might be one of the quote standards. Do you guys have Do you guys have some kind of like a <clears throat> like a fake monetary reward system for students if they do well and they get to buy things or you know do you, do you, no. Uh, every teacher kind of does their own behavior thing. Um, gotcha. There's no school-wide policy? No, but, you know, I think there should be as far as discipline. Just there should just be a little bit consistency, and we don't have a lot of consistency there. Sure. Um, yeah, that's not uncommon, unfortunately. But anything that you want people to pay attention to or watch out for, any predictions, go for it. We've got our election in November. We have a few challengers. One one of the guys that's just announced his candidacy for Republican, he also ran for Senate um, last year. He was a weatherman, and he's a very popular weatherman. Like I've predicted before, I think the governor is going to be shutting us down, but like it, it's going to be like these other districts. Oh, well. Um, the COVID cases are high, so we're just going to shut down. But in reality, she she needs the mail-in ballots to win re-election. Um, and you see that happening when? I think it's going to be I March at the latest. It could be like 2020 and we don't come back after spring break, or it could be in the middle of winter, you know, after Christmas. Um, a colleague of mine, she said her nephew in Colorado, I guess he goes to college and call, I guess it was college. Uh, they're not going back after Thanksgiving. It's going to be Thanksgiving and then extended break. Um, and I just kind of, you know, muffled under my breath. Well, he's, they're not going to go back at all. If they're doing that now, that's going to be it. Right through December. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. Because they they wanna they wanna eliminate the quote cases or close contacts or so they're I mean they're clearly doing all the contact tracing like countless other schools are they're basically saying if this particular teacher tested positive and they were around all these students I mean what do they do with the students do they send them all home for twenty days you know when it when they first started doing that they were doing that the whole place would be wiped out no the kidding. whole school. Not the whole school, but the whole class. Right. Class would be wiped out, but they don't do that anymore because we try to eliminate the close contacts due to, well, if they're sitting three feet apart or if they have their mask on. Gotcha. But like I said, I our nurse is supposedly reporting those close contacts, so it I mean, it could depend on the school. I don't I, – I just – at this point, I'm like – why are you still getting tested and why are you getting your children tested? Yeah. I don't understand. It's Stockholm because syndrome. You no, know, you're going to get you're going to get kicked out for 20 days and so is your kid. Well, see then they can take a family vacation. I I'm still not taking those those weekly tests. I still haven't been doing that. So you're not wearing the mask, you're not taking the weekly tests and they're not doing anything because you're not doing that. Yeah. You're right. Then based on you alone, why in the hell is anybody else doing it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to be dropping some red pills, but I think it's happening slowly. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly interesting. And again, to have two school board members that, you, that at least you think that you trust taken over for a couple of people who are probably full, you know, full jab, full mask all the time. That's a, that's, that's a good move. And their parents, you know, they're both parents, so I, I think that says a lot. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. 
Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.